Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress and host of Talking Timber. In this episode, we will be speaking to New Zealand's Dale Evers. He's a logger and also owner of DC Equipment. He's going to talk about the evolution of machines for a safer future and what lies ahead. I think you're going to be surprised. In the meantime, I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation. We're both promoting sound technical forest education through projects like this podcast. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation awarded $30,000 in scholarships. To find out more about the organization, visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, now let's hear from Dale and how he got involved in the forest industry. Hi, I'm Dale Avis. I'm the Managing Director of Mutri Logging, a logging company in New Zealand. Uh, we also, I'm the Managing Director of DC Equipment, which is our manufacturing company where we build um, equipment for the forest industry. So how did you get into the industry initially? Uh, I left school at the age of 14 and um, the education system didn't, um, uh, me and the education system come to uh, a mutual agreement that it would be better <laughs> if I left and went to the forest and started working in the forest uh, contract falling trees actually at the age of 14. Wow. And so, yeah, and for a specific company or? And uh, no, I actually, I worked, um, I fell my first tree at 12 years old in my own, in my family forest. Uh, my father, we had our own plantation. So okay. I got in there at an early stage and I was, I was driving um, farming equipment for, uh, at a very early stage as well. So got into there, fell my first tree and then the rest is history. Yeah, so what were the steps from I'm falling trees to I'm, I've got a company with forestry equipment. Um, really, it was I was on contract, so I got paid for what I did. And I was at fourteen; I was making as much money as thirty and forty-year-olds. Um, so yeah, that got me into it. Um, and just the physical environment. Um, okay. I love the physical um, environment, which has obviously changed today. Which is it's a lot easier now. Um, it's you know, the physicality isn't yeah. there as much as what it used to be. And and so the your company, how did that get started? So yeah, I wanted to start uh, logging on my own right uh, at the age of eighteen, but my father said I was too young, so went out at the age of twenty three. Um, young married couple, myself and my wife, and mortgaged the house. And yeah, we brought some logging equipment then um, and started off logging in our own right. Um, okay. Went from one crew back in nineteen eighty nine uh, to running uh, 15 logging crews um, wow. up until about a year ago, and now we've downsized back down to 12 at the moment. And where where are you in the country? I mean... Yeah, so you... we, we we have logging crews in Nelson, the top of the South Island of New Zealand. We okay. also have some logging crews in the lower half of the North Island. Uh, until recently, we've also had a logging crew in South America in Chile. Okay, and... Um, so for, for you guys, what, what are you primarily logging? What kind of timber? Uh, so we're logging, uh, Pinus radiata. Um, there is some Douglas fir that we log and also some gum that we log from time to time, but, uh, primarily, uh, Pinus radiata. Okay. So for you, just so I get an understanding of your, your logging operation there, um, you have crews that are logging. Do you also have trucking and mills or are you? 
No, straight out logging. So we we um, fall fall the trees, recover the trees, cut them into log lengths, and then load them onto log trucks. So we don't have uh, well, we only have one or two trucks that we do a little bit of two staging wood with. So we don't have the contract all side of the of the trucking side. So how many how many sides are you doing now, or how many operations? Uh, twelve. We have twelve logging operations, um, okay. and they consist on average around about eight eight staff in each crew. So okay. uh, around about ninety six people on the ground and and a few managers. So yeah, in round numbers, a hundred staff in the logging side. Wow! Wow! So for is your wife still involved, or is she involved at all with it, or? Yes, she she deals with our uh, retail part of our business. So we have also have a what we call the loggers shop, which is a safety shop with chainsaws. Well, not that we sell many chainsaws nowadays, but um, safety equipment, also hunting and outdoor equipment. Okay. It's around uh, providing um, a, 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 a wholesale pricing for the local community for outdoor wear and and logging equipment as well. Oh, and also cool. looks after our cafe. Uh, so we have a local cafe as well for the community. Wow. All there in town? Uh, all in Brightwater, Nelson. Okay. Uh, that, those cool. are, yeah. So I know you primarily from the equipment you manufacture. Um, and so I was kind of curious, did you, were you logging and kind of went, oh, I can think of a better piece of equipment. I'm going to make it or... That's 100% correct. We, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, it all come from the accidents that we'd had in the in the forest, okay. uh, carrying people off the hill and telling loved ones that their person's in hospital, um, huh. and yeah, uh, you know, and and sometimes could be worse than that. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had we haven't been in that situation, other than one of our subcontractors uh, lost one of his staff um, to fatality. Um, and that was uh, that is absolutely terrible going yeah. through that process. So that drove me. That that happened afterwards in manual operations after we had our push towards mechanising um, the forest industry. So we 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 looked at the industry. There was nothing out there. Um, we had some real pressure from. Uh, people saying that what we're planning on doing is unachievable. We can't, we can't achieve it, which drove me even harder. I'm a pretty determined sort of yeah, person. yeah, I know. <laughs> we started making um, grapple carriages. So instead of having men and women down the hill uh, setting chokers, okay. we uh, we mechanised that to put it into uh, inside a structured cab, so you're protected. Took all the risk out of it, and okay. now it's pretty much. Uh, we set our log yarders up to be pretty much the same as a PlayStation. You're sitting there pulling levers, watching a screen, and picking up logs. So you can grab hold of logs uh, from 600 metres away, and you're out of harm's way, and anybody could do it. Like, seriously, 15-year-old um, could jump in a machine. If they can play PlayStation, they can pull logs. Wow. Did it take people a little while to accept the new equipment, or was there sort of an evolution? or? Not really, no. We, our people picked it up pretty, pretty much straight away. Because what I did, and, and I think this here was a fundamental shift for our staff. I actually had a. What we do is after Christmas is our summer here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. We have what we call a safe startup. So we get everyone in and have a breakfast and talk about safety and stuff. And and I sat everyone down. I got them all in the same room and gave them a clear direction of what we were doing. And I told our staff that our company is going to be mechanised. I um, 
I uh, I want to look after our staff and the reason I gave them the why factor, meaning why we wanted to go mechanised. I wanted to make sure that our people got home safe every night, mm-hmm. not just every yeah. so often. And yeah. we were going to go mechanised and we wanted to do it this way. And if other staff didn't like what we were doing, then they would be better off going and working for another company. And I wasn't <laughs> telling them to leave our business. I just gave them a clear direction that we will not carry on uh, treating our people in manual operations and hurting our staff. And I'm I'm committing to all of you people sitting here in front of me today that we will not hurt you guys and we'll do everything we can to prevent accidents in in our business. That is the prime reason why we did what we did. But by telling people what my direction was and what mm-hmm. our company was, it gave them real focus and they could understand the why, why I wanted to do what we're doing instead of just trying to implement something and yeah. getting people to accept it. I, I told them why I wanted to do it. It was actually for them, not for me. And we got major buy-in and That's great. the rest is history. Yeah. So for me, I'm trying to make the jump. So you're going to go mechanized. Um, you're not going to buy it though off the shelf. You're going to create it yourself. That seems like a whole different set of obstacles or challenges to be your own manufacturer. Well, we couldn't, we didn't have, there wasn't anything on the shelf. Okay. There was a few little, uh, there was a few items out there. We trialed, we trialed a few of those items and there was a, uh, there was a couple of good things out of each of these things, out, out mm-hmm. of the different products out there, yep. but uh, they failed miserably. And with my experience over the, the previous 20 years of uh, logging, I knew the physics of wire ropes and I knew what we could do and what we couldn't do. Uh-huh. Uh, and I pulled all that together. And uh, on the uh, 6th of September, 2011, I told my staff I want to build a grapple carriage. Okay. By the 28th of September, that carriage was out pulling its first trees. Wow. Since then, since then, we have actually built 122 grapple carriages as we sit here today. And I assume you, use, you sell them to folks besides just using them yourselves? 100%, yeah. We, we have them in all of our operations, mm-hmm. um, and they and we, we sell them into uh, anywhere else, into any other logging companies in New Zealand. We sell them into South America, uh, mainly uh, Chile, okay. there's some in Australia, there's quite a few now in America, and mm-hmm. there's quite a few, well, just starting, we've got um, half a dozen or so in um, British Columbia, Canada as well. Okay, so to explain a little bit to folks, what makes yours a little different than, you know, that you didn't see it out there, so you're, what makes yours unique? Um, oh, as we simplify it, it's, it's okay. really simple, it's, um, you just have a screen that goes down the hill. Um, it's got a large grapple on it to um, grab the trees and bunch the wood. Okay. Um, but it's not only just the grapple carriage. We actually build a full logging system. So we actually okay. have a winch assist uh, as well. So instead of manually falling um, 80 or 90% of our wood, we now only manually fall around about 10% of our wood. So we have a, a, an unmanned machine that sits at the hill and we tether a rope off of that machine onto a harvester, and we're now going on 45-degree slopes, wow. uh, which is uh, around about 100% mm-hmm. um, if you can um, convert that over to percentage. Yeah. And we're now we're now falling up to 90% of all of our wood has fallen inside a structured cab. But the beauty about it is, is that it allows us to grab the wood 
and bunch it into bunches. So now our productivity levels with our grapple carriage just go through the roof and our productivity yeah. levels grow dramatically and we reduce accidents by 80%. Wow, that is great. So what were some of your major challenges when you're putting this all into, into, into the works here? The biggest challenges is yeah. people believing in it. Okay. We can sell our products, our mechanization into uh, contractors and if contractors are forced into it, um, they don't believe in it um, and it doesn't actually work for them. If a contractor okay. believes in what they're doing, and they will, people will make it work. And it's the same as their staff. And I come back to what I said earlier about sitting all our staff down and telling them the why, why we mm -hmm. want to do this and protect our people, and they understand it, then they, they get the picture, they will make it work. I can't make it work in all these different operations around the world. It comes down to the people wanting to make it work. And if you want to make something work, you will make it work. Nice. So now that you're kind of a manufacturer and a logger, how much is how much of your business is manufacturing and how much is logging? Logging is still slightly more than the manufacturing. I said that we had 100 staff um, in our logging operations and round numbers. Mm -hmm. In our manufacturing plant now, we have um, just under 100 staff in New Zealand and we have another 25 or so working for us in a manufacturing plant in Chile as well. So we can't keep up with demand. Wow. That's so, yeah, that's now, once you assist, I mentioned our grapple carriages before. We've got 120 yeah. of them out there working and well, 122 were built. Wow. Our winch assist is a whole different um whole different manner where we've got uh I think we've built 230 uh winch assists um spread across the world. And we're not only we're not only supplying these to the forest industry, we're supplying these to construction. So we have a we have a winch assist um, over in a construction company that was building the wall between Mexico and uh, the US. Oh, wow. So did, for these these ones, do you also maintain them? No, we have dealers. Um, we have dealers or agents or what, I'm not sure what terminology we use yeah, there. Uh -huh. but in, in, in the USA, we have uh, modern machinery who um, looks okay. after six different states. Um, okay. And they they sell our product um, on our behalf, and then they service it. We we send technicians over there if they ever need them, but that's you know far and few between situations that um, that that's required. Hi, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors the Pacific Forest Foundation, and the Pacific Logging Congress. The Pacific Logging Congress is going to hold its live Inwood show this year in Washington at Weyerhaeuser's Vale Tree Farm. The dates are September 21st through the 23rd. Make sure to mark your calendars. You're going to get to see the machines that Dale is talking about up close. Details will be posted as it gets closer on the PLC website, www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, back to Dale and the evolution of machinery in the woods. So now looking back when you're this young kid starting out and now, what have been some of the biggest highlights for you? Oh, probably getting married. <laughs> but, um, uh, and, and my children and family mean a lot to me. And uh, I want to do more for, and when I say family, you know, I've got blood family, but I've yep. also got a lot of staff that work for us. So I treat them as family. But not only that, I treat the whole forest industry as a family. And I'm out there nice. to help. And my my purpose in life, I believe, is actually to save as many people as I can. And it might sound a little bit corny, but the opportunities now in forestry is so great 
Um, and I know that the mums and dads don't want little Johnny and little Susie going out to the fields and the forests uh, because they're scared they're going to get hurt. But it yeah. doesn't have to be that way. We, we've we now made the operations in a safe environment and where we're going in the future um, is going to make it even safer. So we, we set ourselves a 20-year plan back in okay. 2012 and we're working our way through that. So uh, we're getting very close now to our motto by 2025, we want to be logging from afar. So oh, okay. we're going to be logging inside our offices operating this equipment. We can already do that logging from afar now. Um, we're still using line of sight. So we we, we can log okay. up to a kilometre away from where the operation actually is okay. um, and sometimes a little bit further. And now we're getting to the point of designing and building equipment and computerising it so we can actually push a button from 20 miles away or 5,000 miles away and it operates equipment that far away from us. So, wow. um, yeah, so that's that's where we're going. So it can be safe and we encourage a lot more young people coming through. Back in 20, 30, 40 years ago, when I first started in the industry, we were sent down the hill and, and the old folk weren't really there that, you know, they were saying these young people coming through, they've got to learn the hard way. Well, yeah. I have a different motto. I think that the young people have got, they're definitely our future and we've got to embrace these young people into the industry and give them every chance they can and get them on this machinery. They can operate this yeah. machinery better than what us older guys can. And yeah. not only that, is the females coming into the industry um, can set apart. They generally are better operators than, than, than the young guys. So there's an opportunity there yeah. to get young females into the industry. And it's not this um, rough, tough industry anymore. It's actually we nurture the wood out and we're gentle and we're we're definitely more environmentally friendly um, than what we used to be. We're, we're there to protect the um, the nature as well. We're, yeah. The product that we're building is, um, look, we've we've got equipment now that we, we build so we can clean out gullies and there's no slash left in them. We've actually got a... Um, environmental friendly, like we're, we're building a, our prototype is getting built right now where it's an unmanned falling machine. So there's no men going to be on the hill or no wow. females on the hill uh, within the next six months in, in, in one of our operations. So it's an unmanned falling machine. It, it weighs around about 12 tonnes instead of about 40 tonnes. So your, your soil compaction is going to be much, much less. Yeah. And we also have a carriage that goes down the ropes and doesn't have any soil compaction and grabs trees and falls them. So wow. that's all done from inside a cab, and it doesn't matter if you're male, female, 15 years of age, or 60 years of age. In actual fact, we have a 73-year-old still operating uh. equipment uh, because his long jeopardy in doing the physical work, he's unable to do that, but he can sit in a seat and still operate and share his knowledge with the young youth coming through. So we get nice. we we can have anybody in our in our industry now. Oh, so yeah, you can, you can be like five foot three and do it instead of being some big burly six foot yeah, tall yeah, guy. Five foot three or even four foot two or <laughs> eight foot six. It doesn't matter. When you're talking about the remote being, you know, 50 miles, 5,000 miles away from the, you know, in the future, will that allow you to harvest in places you couldn't before because you don't need a person there? Yes. Yes. There's a lot of work to be done between now and then, but mm -hmm. If you can, my my theory is if you can do it in one operation, you can do it in any operation. 
And yeah. there's areas, you know, we're getting laughed at. Look, back in 2012, when I said we were going to build grapple carriages to re remove our choker setters, yeah. um, I got laughed at. And, and just to throw it in the mix, I said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to build a carriage that actually falls trees. And, and the industry laughed at me. We now have carriages that go down the hill and fall trees way faster than you can fall manually, and it takes all the risk out of the operation. Nice. So we have that operation. We have that operating in our business now, and it can be done. And people say, no, you're always going to have to have a manual tree faller. I don't agree with that. You don't have to have a manual tree faller. We've got ways and means of doing it differently. And if you have a mindset, like I said at the beginning, if you have a mindset that you can't do it, you won't do it. If you yeah. have a mindset is how can we do it, then you will figure it out. I absolutely agree. So um, if somebody wanted to see some of your equipment in action, do you, do you have videos on your website? or Yes, we have uh, um, videos on our website. And uh, it has. Well, I think we have our falling carriage on there. We, we're running hydraulic yarders with intermediate supports to create lift so that we're not damaging... Um, damaging the environment and the earth uh, through soil compaction. Um, yeah, there's a lot of information on there for anybody to visit. And, and, and what is your website? Uh, our website is www.dcforestryequipment.com. And so for for you have, um, are you looking ahead at expanding your, you said you're having a hard time keeping up with um, demand. Are you thinking about expanding your manufacturing place there or yes yeah we are we're actually extending it uh we're tripling the size of our manufacturing business so we're looking for good staff wow. uh, awesome country new zealand uh, if anybody from anywhere around the world wants to come to new zealand or anybody for that fact in new zealand you want to come and work for us more than welcome we talked about a grapple carriage before yeah. and i've been mentioning the environment mm -hmm. well, we've now got a full electric carriage that's full sustainable it can go and operate until it, something goes wrong with it but it can operate all day, all night, anytime you want to. Um, and that's just the start of it. We're now trying to electrify all of our products through wow. our range over the next five years. And we're, we're in a, a development program around um, other fuels. So we're looking at uh, hydrogen. And okay. over the next five to eight years, we'll have our machinery working off of um, hydrogen. So you may wow. laugh at this, but... The young people may not know what I'm talking about here, but some of the older people will around Back to the Future, <laughs> the um, Dorian and the um, yeah. time-travelling car. They threw banana skins and rubbish in the back of it to uh, power it up. Well, yeah. We're not too far away from that. We're, we're, and I'm dead serious. People think I'm going to – I'm off my <laughs> rocker here soon, but we're looking at pulling trees up the hill and the waste materials that come from the, the trees, uh, we're going to be feeding into the back of our machines and producing energy to power the uh, machinery to uh, harvest the next trees. That is so, so cool. How, so how, how long is that coming? So in the we're, works? we're working, there's, there's about a three-stage program. We're hoping, mm -hmm. uh, like we've got some timelines on us uh, mm -hmm. to have uh, a full our full operations running by 2035. I think that we can do it uh, a lot faster than that. My target is by 2030. Um, okay. We would want to be, we'd want to be somewhere closer to that. So right now we've electrified, fully electrified um, parts of our operation. And it's okay. some of the bigger products that we're now turning into electric 
um, we're using diesel and a diesel generator to supply that. So it's only yeah. it's time and money, to be honest with you. Okay. And that's where we need new young technology coming in and young people coming in with, you know, young technicians coming in to help us with that program. Okay. So that was a great segue because I was going to say the next generation, the forest industry isn't just an operator in a cab. It's also creating equipment for the future and your manufacturing and all that sort of thing too, right? 100%. I've spoken multiple times in the US and some of the people over there, some of the um, roadblocks that I've hit is, you know, some people have um, said to me, yeah, hey, you, you, you're taking my job away from me. And, and, you know, some of these people packing guns over there and I'm, I'm quite nervous about this. <laughs> but in actual fact, we've got uh, one of our design engineers uh, is a fully qualified manual tree faller. Okay. And he still can go out. He's only 33 years of age and he still goes out and falls the odd tree from time to time and splices wire rope. He can still get his hands dirty if he chooses to. Yeah. So that information and the the knowledge that he has from actually doing the job, he's one of our senior design engineers now who sits on a computer designing the next piece of product. So wow. there is a there's something here for everyone. It does not mean that you have to leave the industry. Nice. Some of our older staff that don't want to get into that technology become our trainers so they can train people logging systems and how we log, but not using a chainsaw on 45 degree slopes or 100% slopes, uh, risking their life every day or um, pretty yeah. much every minute. So we can protect our people much better. And you know, the best thing about it all is, is that we're actually doubled our production with the same amount of people. Nobody's lost their jobs. We've uh. doubled our production and we've carved 90% of our incidents off our business. So we've made our business so much safer, 90 times better, and we're logging uh, double the amount of volume. That is great. So I have to ask, because I just was talking to someone not that long ago about electric equipment. Are you using, so they were saying, can it, if it's electric, can it still have the same amount of power as something that isn't? They, that's the, that was the argument. They didn't think an electric. Way, way stronger, way stronger, way lighter. I'll give you an example. Our grapple carriage, yep. the diesel engine in there weighs 110 kg. Mm -hmm. Our, I'll repeat, 110 kg, which is uh, 220 pounds. Yeah for um, Imperial, our electric engine weighs three kg, yes, oh, three kg, which is six pounds, so 220 pounds versus six pounds, and this is the, this is the kicker, it produces 30% more horsepower than the diesel engine. Wow. And it's self-generating. We use the sheath that goes up and down the rope to mm -hmm. power up and generate power into the battery that runs the motor. So we've got 30% more power and we've got, I can't even do the maths off the top of my head. But yeah. That's almost 100 times lighter. That is amazing. 70 times lighter. So we've got the power and it allows us to build other parts of the carriage stronger, bigger, and slightly heavier to get the same payload or... yeah. We don't, we leave it exactly the same and we grab we grab more productive or more net wood to uh, make, you know, bigger turns yeah. and produce more volume. Wow. 
That makes total sense. So are the electric, is the electric equipment flying off the shelves? No, we haven't. This one here, we've, we, because what we used to do is because I'm a logging contractor at heart, we'd build mm -hmm. equipment, then we'd just put it out and then people wanted to buy it. So we'd sell it. But now we have a total process that we go through or, or almost a total process where we fully, we, we put the equipment into our own operations, mm -hmm. prove and test it, modify it, make it better, prove and test it. And then we go to market. So the electric oh, carriage, sense. yeah, the electric carriage should be uh, saleable on the market uh, sometime uh, in early 2023. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so we have we have that carriage. It's been working in our operations for around about uh, four months. And then we took it out of the operations. We did a couple of modifications because uh, we were we were charging the battery off the log yarder and swapping the batteries out each day. Yeah. Uh, we got it. We're, now what we've done is we've put the gener the full generation system in and it's now um, running full time in one of our operations and it's self self energizing. Nice. So do you have any uh, footage of that on your website? Uh, yeah, we. I don't know if it's on our website as such, but you won't tell the difference. Uh, it, oh, it looks okay. exactly the same as our standard carriage. Okay. Uh, the only difference is, is you can't hear anything because it's quiet. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool too. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's quieter for the environment. It's um, zero energy. So um, our emissions is zero compared to um, what a diesel engine is. Uh, it's it's the way of the future. Yes. So you have been developing all this equipment and seeing the evolution. What are you most excited about looking ahead? Retirement. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I'm just excited about the future and what it actually brings and uh, what this can actually bring to the new generations and, and actually have um, and actually how it can actually create uh, so much for our local communities, and I say that worldwide, um, and the the fun that we can have on the way through. Like, it doesn't have to be a rough, tough uh, industry. It can be um, awesome industry for any person that walks this earth, um, and there's there's something for everyone. Like, seriously, we we can we can look after everybody in the industry, and we don't have to be out there hurting people, and we don't actually have to be out there hurting the environment either. Nice. So on this podcast, I need to ask you, is there anything you want me to ask you specifically about your company that I haven't asked or you would want to say? Or It's not actually about us. It's about the industry. It's, okay. The industry is much bigger than us as people and okay. as bigger than us as a, as a business. We just want to share. We just want to share what we're doing and to try to help other people. We're not, we're not pushed by um, sure. We've got to make money to be able mm -hmm. to do what we're doing. However, that's not our desire is to make the money for us. It's actually to make a better industry. That's our purpose. Nice. nice. Um, so, yeah, that's what our company, that's our fundamentals of our company. And I'm going to guess you have a pretty good team there. We have an awesome team. We've been, we've been harvesting uh, logging contractors for 33, 34 years, and we've just congratulated our oldest staff member. He's been with us over 30 years now, and we have – Wow. Uh, multiple people over 25 years, multiple people over 20 years. We have a lot of lot of good people in our business. And you know what? We have a lot of good young people in our business as well that have been with us two and three years and five years that are changing the industry. Everyone's got their part to play. 
We want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress for making this podcast possible. And we want to thank Dale for taking time out to be part of this episode. Until next time, take care.